0: Welcome to the ProcureTech Podcast, where we aim to excite and inspire you about how technology will shape our profession's future. I'm your host, James Meads, and I worked in corporate procurement for 16 years before starting my own business as a content creator and consultant in the procurement technology space. I'm deeply convinced that procurement must become less technocratic and embrace the entrepreneurial spirit and creativity if we're ever going to shake off our image of being a process-obsessed, box-ticking function. You definitely won't find vanilla content on here, and we're not afraid to tackle some controversial topics and tell it like it really is. So if that's your thing, now let's jump right into this week's episode. Yes, hello, and a very warm welcome to the ProcureTech Podcast. We're back again with another show, and this time... We're taking a trip across the Atlantic and way down south to the land of samba and football. Because my guest today is a founder of a procurement tech company from Sao Paulo in Brazil. And we're going to be touching on the topic of how is procurement and supply chain technology in Brazil and Latin America at large? Because we hear so much and we see so much about what's going on in North America and in Europe. And obviously they're the biggest markets. That's where most of our listeners come from. But the world is becoming so much smaller. And some of these emerging markets are really experiencing huge levels of growth and investment. And, you know, functions like procurement and supply chain are becoming maturing much, much faster, which obviously then begs the question, well, is there then a good market for growth in procurement and supply chain tech, as well as the wider economy? So, Leo Calvacanti, uh, CEO and founder of Linkana, a very warm welcome to the show. Hey, James. So, so happy. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here.
1: As you know, I've been hearing your podcast for uh, a couple of years, I would say, right now. I love your material. That's how I got to know most of my uh, great uh, influences just as Eloise Epstein and all of those other people that you had around and you discuss and you write about. So it's kind of uh, very amazing to be the one being interviewed here as of right now and to talk a bit, a little bit more about what we're doing in the procurement space in Latin.
0: Fantastic. Looking forward to it. And it's actually a part of the world that I really, really like. I have a huge affinity for Argentina and Buenos Aires. I love the city and the culture and their football team, not so much. So we probably share something in common there. But, uh, yeah, I love, I love just the, 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 the slower pace of life and the steak and the wine and the good life in Latin America. But I guess. That doesn't pay the bills. We all have to work. So let's talk procurement technology. Can you, first of all, just give us a quick intro to your company, Linkana, and just explain what problem does it solve and and who do you solve it for? Just to to set the scene of where we're approaching this from.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, just as a little bit of context, uh, Linkana is a supplier data management for enterprise companies here in Latin, uh, more focused on Brazil where we started and where we have our base and of our technology uh, being uh, built. And Lincoln uh, basically built a solution based on on the idea uh, that the way procurement technology deals with uh, supplier data is very bad, right? So that's not a very new idea. I would say some big people just as Eloise Epson uh, agrees with me. You had a lot of people discussing that also here in our podcast. And that's basically uh, d- uh, describes the way that uh, technology and tools are building their supplier database. It's very custom heavy. It's very siloed. In a way, everybody's <laughs> building their own. Everybody's building their questionnaires, formulas, they're uh, storing data in a very specific way. In a way, this data cannot be shared, cannot be reused between other procurement uh, corporations or between buyers in different companies. It's like if a supplier sends data to be registered or for a compliance check or for the licenses and certifications to, I don't know, the biggest uh, beverage company here in Brazil, if he does the same for the next company, he has to start all over again to do it all over again. And that's kind of very bad for the suppliers, kind of a very shitty experience in a way, but for buyers, that means that they have to have the best process based on what they have internally. Like I have to build my own ESG area, my own cybersecurity uh, department, and everybody has to have the best practice in, internally at home to be able to analyze this the supplier in the best way possible. So Lincana was built on the idea that, that we can change that. So we are the first uh, shared. Supplier data solution for uh, for data uh, here for companies in Brazil. And the uh, our differentiator, or, or what Lincoln does, is based on creating the standards, very uh, powered by technology. So we kind of have all the data that we already know from companies, since from tax ID to licenses for. Financial statements and are the things that we need to know in order to re, uh, to do business with suppliers. Then kind basically create all of the standards to unify a way to, uh, to view a supplier. We call it our own universal shared supplier profiles in Incana. It's kind of the open banking or open finance for procurement <laughs> in a way, but we do it, right. uh, in a way that the, Collection and validation of data must be also very automated. So it doesn't make sense for us that you have to ask suppliers to send everything or it, uh, for the validation to be very manual or done by people, not from people by Lincana or not people from the supplier side or buyer side. So we basically are automating most of the data validation for, from uh, big data, robots, and uh, most recently AI as well. So we have a lot of things going on for those solutions to get much better, f- faster and cheaper. And to be able to have the, the main standards of data, we also uh, believe uh, we're the best, those tools are the best to create the, the best insights to analyze those data. So we have our own proprietary ratings in order to define what's a good supplier or what's not. We're, all, we're very focused on financial and ESG ratings as of right now, but we believe on our very broad global rating in which we'd be able to analyze even commercial, historic data from suppliers, their previous relationships, because we believe that's the very uh, special uh, value hidden behind this very uh, chaotic data, uh, supplier data uh, ecosystem that we currently have on the greatest e-procurements, and... And Lincoln is currently changing that. We're doing that for about four years here in LATAM, and we have over 100 enterprise procurement brands that are already using our data and rating solutions here down in Brazil.
0: Got it. Okay, so it's kind of then a mix between a supplier discovery tool but also a, a supplier due diligence platform. If you're scraping and pulling all of the data and unifying it into one uniform format that your customers can then view and use as part of their evaluation of, of any particular vendor that they're that they're transacting with. Got it. Okay. Kind of, we call it like
1: a B2B LinkedIn. You can search suppliers. B2B LinkedIn, yeah. And you can use that as filters to find and to maintain good business with suppliers. So we do have those both value propositions uh, as of right now being used. So you're perfect on the statement.
0: Yeah. So selling procurement technology is hard in north in north america and in europe not just because of the economy right now but generally speaking you know it's always been something that that has had fairly low adoption and yes it's changing but it's changing much slower than i think every one of us in the industry would like it to so how does that compare in in brazil or in latin america in general are are companies seeing the benefits of what a platform like Lincana would deliver you know beyond the large multinational corporates or or is it something that's tough to sell there too
1: yeah <laughs> uh, that's a very interesting question because uh i agree and i think everybody in the industry agrees that procurement is a slow industry <laughs> uh, we kind <laughs> yeah. of have to ask the same questions and kind of talk about the same problems over and over again and the same providers are dominating. Everybody is t- saying bad things about the leaders and things seem not to change in the faster pace than other industries do. And I agree on that. It's a funny story because I was just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about that with the head of procurement from Google. Here, uh, Google uh, Latin. uh I had him in, in my podcast. We have also have a podcast not as famous or not as big as yours, James. Uh, but we talk about uh, professional from the industry. I hope I have you there someday. Uh, you have to make your English, uh, your Portuguese, better for my audience to to understand what, what you're, we are discussing. But we're exactly talking about the maturity of procurement organizations. He wrote a piece. About uh, the difference in maturity from organizations from here, uh, from Brazil and Latin, specifically, specifically compared from organizations in Europe. And you kind of see the difference when he analyzes that we are even more <laughs> and lower on the scale of maturity, even more infant in terms of processes or uh, the priority in terms of organizations in uh, like, for example, having or not a CPO. Uh, a C level on the table that's specialized in procurement in terms of processes. We're, uh, unfortunately, uh, still, I don't know, I would say five or 10 years, uh, behind you guys. And it, like you said, it's not like you're you guys are like on the future or on the vanguard. You guys are also, uh, seeing a lot of things that need to be better. So that's kind of a very big challenge to being procurement here, let Latin to build a provider like we're currently doing uh, in our landscape. And when we talk about or when when we compare that to LATAM in a broader sense, I would say Brazil is the biggest market, naturally. And I would say for the way those companies are built in terms of their business units, uh, Brazil is very dominant on their uh, operations. So uh, mainly, I would say most of the innovation or the decisions are being uh, made here in Brazil. So I would say uh, most of the new providers and the uh, solutions that are being built are are uh, happening and are uh, currently being built also here. Uh, but we see a lot of things also happening in Mexico or Argentina or Colombia. It's still, I would say, it's still very early days because the way people thought in the last two decades or so was in a very centralized way of seeing procurement. Like, yeah, let's take what we did in the US and put it in Brazil, you know, let's replicate all of the globe. And it doesn't work, right? (laughs) And now I think people are realizing that doesn't work. Like it's not possible to have one single gigantic solution to be the solver. You have to have localized solutions to be more customized or more adapted to their local needs but i think we're now seeing those tides turn you know so it's too early days to say that's already a reality that's growing and going moving fast as we want to
0: and and where are the biggest tech hubs when it comes to startups and and innovation you know across the continent as a whole if we say you know from mexico all the way down to argentina where where would you say the the major hubs are
1: i would say here in brazil uh, certainly sao paulo i would say Uh, It would take 90% of the whole Brazilian market. Like things are happening in Sao Paulo. It's kind of sad to say that because we do have other tech hubs, more Northeast Brazil, some others in South. But Sao Paulo really is kind of a gravity center for money, for innovation, for industries, our economy. (laughs) It's like we call it the locomotive of the country. It's like if Sao Paulo go... It's like Brazil was down for the last year because of COVID and all of the other things. The only state that was growing through COVID was Sao Paulo. It's like, uh, it's incredible uh, the the amount of money and the amount of things that are being built here. And we say, if, if Sao Paulo goes down, Brazil probably <laughs> will go down much faster, you know, because uh, in a way, that's why Lincana, it's also being built in uh, Sao Paulo. Yeah. All the founders were not born in Sao Paulo. But we know it would be much harder to try to do something different in an, uh, another state. But uh seeing la, like LATAM uh as a whole, né, it's kind of like I say, Brazil has a very dominant uh position. Uh When we talk about size and market share, we have Brazil having like around 50% of the market in terms of size. And all of the other countries combined would go to the other half, you know. So it doesn't really make sense for me as a provider to start expanding like crazy internationally because if I really make something work in Brazil, I'm kind of uh, enjoying a very good share of this market. And in a way, it's hard to to make an exchange between Brazil and Latin because we're kind of the only country speaking Portuguese that creates a barrier of the cultural uh, mix that happens in other countries. Not as easy and vice versa. So. For them to come here, we have a lot of examples that went are really uh, had a lot of more problems, so to say. But I do believe that uh, in second place I uh, would put some uh, Mexico. That's a very growing, uh, that has a very growing technology industry. Things are going fast there. As I was there for the last couple months <laughs> to understand a little bit better <laughs> uh, to, for the uh, for the Spanish side of things, to know more of the culture, how people think. Because uh, we really believe that's that's something we want to do in the long term to expand to those other countries, but not as of right now for the reasons that I just uh, told you. And I would put like uh, Argentina and Colombia uh, just there to, uh, as all, all other countries that are interesting. But as I said, they are much smaller. When we talk about headcount, people, markets, it's like it doesn't really compare uh, to the broader picture when we talk about LATAM, you know?
0: Got it. So yeah, so Brazil number one, Mexico number two, and then Argentina, Colombia as the as, as the as the as the other uh, as the other major players. Okay. So you meant you touched upon the language barrier already, uh, or the difference? You know, Brazil obviously being Portuguese speaking, and the rest of LATAM Spanish speaking. Does that have an impact in terms of? So if you're perhaps a A foreign vendor of procurement technology, and you're coming in and looking at this as a market, I guess you'd probably take Brazil as a completely separate entity, right? Because not only the size of the market, but also the language, your strategy is probably going to be different for Brazil than the rest of the continent.
1: Uh, Totally. And like I said before, I do believe that the future of procurement goes through a more decentralized approach to the way people. Deal with solutions and value propositions. For, so, for example, Linkana's uh, biggest differentiator is the fact that we really know data in a localized way. We're not talking about yeah. the way to analyze the, an American or supplier on our, an European, Spanish or, uh, I don't know, Belgian or Hungarian supplier, but we're talking about analyzing a Brazilian company. That means we have like tax ID information, certificate, licenses tax environment, financial environment, ESG environment, in a very specific way in which it wouldn't be easy to replicate if I go to Mexico or the UX, for example. So uh I believe that's the first challenge that every solution that's seeing this as a differentiator needs to know that's not easy only, oh, let's build a, I have a like a workflow solution that's very like process-based. So if I kind of, uh, create a translation to my solution. I couldn't really replicate that. Like, I don't know, those slacks, uh, uh slack or Monday or those very <laughs> workflow based solution. That's kind of easy because there's no differentiator in terms of data or it's something. generic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the word, you know, and that's the first challenge. That's one of the main reasons that I know it's hard to say, yeah, let's go to Mexico. That's not, that's not only a language problem. And also culturally, it may seem like uh, it may be hard to know when you don't know the our landscape, but it's kind of like Europe, you know? Every country is very different and we don't really have this uh, European Union kind of way to approach everyone. Even the economic uh, frontiers are not that open. Uh, countries are not trading or uh, exchanging people uh, as fast and as com- commonly as Europe does, for example. So in terms of culture, uh, yeah, uh there are a lot of problems or differences when you compare... For example, I was just in Mexico. I was talking to some other founders that did this movement like, hey, let's move from Brazil to Mexico or let's move from Mexico to Brazil. And one of the things that they said was, there's a very big company uh here in Brazil that's from real, real estate. They're doing renting. Uh, they're like a platform for renting uh, apartments and, you know, And they're, like, huge here in Brazil. Like, one of our unicorns, like, very big. Uh, A couple of years ago, they tried to expand to Mexico. And their strategy was, hey, we're big. Let's just uh, translate everything. Let's hire some people to look to Mexico. And everything will go all right, right? And Mexicans are very locally based, you know? They don't like, like, foreign solutions. They like things that are local. They don't like people talking. (laughs) Don't understand? So it was like a huge fail, you know? It didn't work. They spent millions trying to go there. They had to go back. Not a good strategy. On the other side of things, for example, we had Bank. that's our greatest fintech here, did IPO in NASDAQ and all of the other things. They had a completely different approach. They started in Mexico and people in Mexico don't even know Nubank is a Brazilian solution because they kind of create <laughs> all the brand, the, the language already very Mexican based off the people locally hired. So they already did things very right. And Nubank is, is growing faster than in Brazil as of right now, for example. So those uh, those things are very specific and you have to know them if you really want to expand in a good way. And if you don't have the resources, you shouldn't do that because you're probably going to experience trouble. That's how I'm kind of strategizing that when I think about Lincana and our next movements. You know,
0: yeah. So pick one market and just really adapt and tailor your solution for that market is 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 the best approach. Yeah. Have you seen many North American or or European procurement and supply chain tech companies try to? try to come into Brazil or, or to Mexico or en- anywhere else in Latin America and and have a reasonably successful launch? Or, or generally, is it more local solutions that dominate the market? I would say our ecos- local
1: ecosystem is now uh, growing. Like the local solutions, they are all being built, I don't know, in the five or last 10 years when we talk about the broader procurement space, But I think when we talk about solutions, uh, in our procurement markets, that was very dominated by the biggest procurement. So when I talk about our enterprise environment, we're talking about SAP, Ariba, and uh, the provider that are dominating the whole space. Yeah. But uh, most recently, we saw the contenders coming here down south. So Coupa did an important movement, creating a branch interested here in Latam, for example. We are, we're seeing now GAP. That's also wants to come here. They bought a very important company in our space. Uh, cost drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I, I know Eric. So he's a, he's a friend here down south. So everybody's seeing this as a brother movement. Of course, it started more focused on uh, the procurement. So the transactional uh, central hub unit of uh, those providers. And I would say since the other uh, stuff is more, I would say, more local uh, adherence. So if you talk about, I don't know, risk uh, solution providers or ESG analysis provider, geopolitical, those guys have those challenges that I just told you. If you talk about Ecovadis or Interas, it's harder for them to specialize in data or a region. They really uh, don't have the data or the experience or the knowledge of the regulatory landscape in their heads. So I would say the short answer would be uh, on the e-procurement providers, yeah, those guys are coming. They're seeing the opportunity and it's, it's growing. For the localized solution of the ecosystem that's been built uh, near the e-procurement, I would say the local solutions are growing faster and are getting more space, even in the enterprise side. It's not that like we don't have e-procurements locally. We do have, we have like big providers as well. We have like, Mercado Electronico, it's a solution that works also in the US, ex- expanding globally, for example. It's all an e-procurement that we have here, and enterprise solutions are using them. Uh, but I would say e-procurement is kind of the uh the big uh gravity center in which the ecosystem is now getting more getting more mature to walk by itself and not to rely on what US or Europe is building, you know?
0: Yeah. And by e-procurement, I guess you're, you're, you're referring to procure to pay or source to pay as a wider segment. So as you said, the Coopers, the Aribas, the GEPs. And I guess as long as you, I guess from a technical perspective, as long as you can cope with how tax invoices and VAT and, and all of the fiscal stuff works, then it's, it's relatively easy to copy and paste that solution into different countries and and i guess if they've if they've done that if they're american and they've done that in europe or if they're european and they've done that in the us and in canada then doing it in latam is just one more step right it's nothing that they have to think from scratch
1: yeah i see i think that's a yes and no answer because you're right in terms of Theory craft, that makes perfect sense. We have the solution companies are there. They have the the same company. <laughs> so many times oh, I have my branch here in Brazil. So let's just put the solution that's already working on the German branch down there. But like I said, the maturity of procurement and processes here is much lower. That means I have right. a yeah. very hard to implement solution just as like this P2P, uh, procure to pay or e- procurement suits that we know they're not like plug and play, that's creating a very uh, big friction in terms of the moment that we're currently living in our space. It's like uh we're living the moment in a timeline in which uh, those uh, providers are being implemented or their rollout, they're coming to production as of right now in many companies. But since knowledge to implement and process are very mature, they're experiencing a lot of rollbacks, you know, like oh, that's not working. No, it should work because it's working in Germany. Why it's not working (laughs) in Brazil? But it's it's you kind of have to deal with maturity difference also by uh, having a different way to approach this. It's not like you're going to put like a $2 million solution in a company with, I don't know, over 100 people working with this solution. Everything is going to magically work. So I think people didn't realize that and they're now paying the price. So we have a very... Problematic uh, echo space because most of my customers they do have like a new procurement suit. It's uh, they are using a global provider, but it's like they're experiencing like mo- uh, many problems. It's like we're not discussing the yeah the good things like hey let's automate low let's make an automation from our spend analysis. No, we're discussing the most basic stuff like oh my invoice is still not coming to my email. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> you know we're we're too basic because of the way people handled thinking that yeah that's going to be very simple just just do it and it's unfortunately is <laughs> not like that you know
0: but but in defense of the procurement organizations in, in latam you know i have to say that a lot of this i always call it legacy technology it's it's not user friendly and and even in you know, even in developed markets, they're finding that you need to have super users to be able to roll it out and train people within the wider organization. And one of the things that is driving a lot of companies to switch away from these providers is, is because the software is not user friendly. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a huge project. If you're a multi billion dollar corporation and you've been running with one, Procure to pay suite for the last ten years, and suddenly you want to change it. But I think user experience and user friendliness of software and ease of implementation—it's not just a LATAM problem. I mean, we, the interview that I did with Ward Carson from Raindrop a few weeks back—I mean, he he said the same thing. You know, it's uh, the reason why they're winning business is because fundamentally their solution is easier and quicker to deploy than a lot of the legacy technology. So I think that's. It's a global thing. But yeah, I hear what you say in a less mature environment, it's going to be even more critical for sure. What are you finding about, obviously, Latin America has a much younger workforce and there is not in Europe, for example, a lot of the reason why we implement technology is because we want to reduce headcount because salaries are high. A lot of the workforce is retiring. Unemployment is very low. So, you know, automation and, um, you know, and, and, and getting rid of a lot of administrative tasks from skilled workers is, is one of the biggest challenges. In, in last time, I guess the dynamics are a little bit different there. So is there, especially with what you're doing around supplier due diligence and compliance, are you finding that compliance and process is, more of the driver of why companies want to invest in tech down there versus the you know the automation and the simplification. I would say that the the honest
1: answer would be really no. I think uh, the priority would still be like let's have the transactional part organized. You know we have to have okay. the ability of our spend. We have to know what we are spending. We have to be able to have everything digitalized. That's kind of the first wave. You know. Digital procurement and have the very basic stuff uh, from who are, are we buying, how much, and had to be able to do some very basic spend analysis. That's the, the main priority when we talk about what is procurement technology helping to solve. But the problem is, like I said, this doesn't, uh, I would say that's the very uh, hard problem there, like daily basis problem. But I would say there are a lot of uh, other problems that are circling uh, this idea because like, uh, like in our space, we're talking about enterprise companies. Most of them are multinationals. Most of them are not like originally Brazilian companies. So when we talk about uh, ESG, risk management, and data management uh, altogether, those companies that are like, they have to have answers for those problems Even though they're like, hey, I don't even have the answer for the transactional part, like, but I do need to have an answer for my investor in terms of how we analyze ESG problems from our suppliers. Like Germany just put in LKSG, like the Supplier Due Diligence Act, and it kind of creates a mandatory obligation for every company, every branch in the world to monitor Every German
0: company that's operating there. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, like Europe just recently did a, a new... Uh, legislation regarding cattle and other raw materials and Brazil is a biggest, one of the biggest exports of uh, cattle to Europe, for example. So now we don't have options. We have to monitor, we have to have the diligence from suppliers, we have to have data from this and this and this. And uh, Lincana uh, kind of is uh, gaining market in terms of those things because it's those big providers don't have the answers and the providers that are in <laughs> Europe, they don't have the local solutions that our companies need. And we do believe that the future of procurement is going to be built by the data solutions. It's like, if I have the best standards of supplier data, like commercial, risk, registration, uh, ESG, all of those things combined would be would make me a very different solution to build a transactional solution. You know, if I have like the best solution for companies to find new suppliers, in a way, there are a lot of uh, customers that ask, hey, of why can I do an, an RFY, an RFX, or even to do my whole procure put to pay in our, your solution? It sounds much more simple because you're already recommending me this the best supplier. Why not to make the transactional much easier just as this experience that you're making uh, is for me? So we believe in this future, yeah. our bet is, the data solutions are going to overcome the transactional, more pure workflow solutions. And why is that? Because those guys will always have really bad data in their systems. You know, they're, they don't have a way in, the, in which those data enter in a good way. So they will have always live with this Achilles, uh, flaw in their stack. And we believe that's going to be their downfall, uh, for at least for the ones that are not worried or changing or really improving this, uh, environment. So. That's our strategy. And we do believe there's a lot of market, uh, especially in more, the more, the biggest companies. So that's why we focus more on enterprise because that's not a problem that I could really <laughs> educate or sell to a smaller procurement organization because, yeah, that doesn't really resonate, you know?
0: Yeah, understood. That's really insightful for me, Leo, to get under the hood a little bit of of how things work down there and some of the challenges and advantages that you're seeing. And I'm certainly looking forward to hopefully spend this winter in Latin America to escape the cold weather. So uh, if I do make it down there, then it would be awesome to meet up for for a beer and and a rodízio or an asado, depending on where it is. If anyone would like to learn a little bit more about Lincana, where should we send them Uh yeah of course uh I'm I'm always on LinkedIn just as you
1: so I'm always posting there as Leo Cavalcanti from Lincana. It's, uh, it's a very easy to find me Linkana it's at linkana.com it's always also easy to find us we're going to be in DPW this uh in Amsterdam this year so we're going to be the uh, the first time in Europe to really get to know the ecosystem. I hope to meet you there, James, as well. We can grab a beer, talk a little bit more about... Per- yeah, I'm going. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. And I hope that in the midterm, long term, we will also be opening doors in other countries. And
0: yeah. Fantastic. I will link to those two places in the show notes. Leo, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And uh, yeah, good to finally get to do this. Yeah, of course. It was my pleasure. Thanks again for inviting
1: me. Love this show. And yeah, till the next time.
0: So that was Leo talking all about his solution, Linkana, and how procurement tech and the ecosystem in Latin America uh, has its unique challenges and benefits. And uh, a very, very useful insight if you're coming from perhaps Europe or North America and wondering... Uh, what your colleagues in uh, in Latin America are doing on the digitalization side. Just a quick one before we sign off. Don't forget, procurementsoftware.site is the go-to solution if you're looking for Lincana or indeed 330 other procurement tech solutions. You can search, filter, and find everything that matches your individual requirements completely free of charge and in less time than it takes you to boil an egg. Head to procurementsoftware.site and just click on Software Finder and off you go. Until next week, take care. Thanks again for listening and bye for now.